You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand, in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And with me today, Logan Rankin, who's been on before. Logan, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Jim. So um, as you, uh, as audience, as you know, we had the first episode last week um, and we are talking about, and we're doing a, if you didn't listen to last week, go back and listen, but we're doing three episodes to help you break away in, in real estate, in life, in infinite banking. And we talked about that we don't control the situation last episode and how having control, which allows you to focus um, and and get the results that you're trying to get and what your vision is, uh, that the first thing you have to do is take control. Uh, Reflecting on that, Logan, anything that you want to add from last week? Uh, Not anything necessarily from last week. I'm excited to talk about from this week, the actionable things that you can actually do with your money. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot of talk about inflation. There's a lot of talk about um, what to do with your money or what you shouldn't do with your money. Um, So in this episode, you're right, Jim, I'm excited to get into how to move the money. Love that. Um, Nelson always used to say motion is the law of God. If air doesn't go in and out of our bodies, we die. Blood doesn't flow through our bodies, we die. If water doesn't flow, it becomes stagnant. And if your money doesn't flow, it dies. So uh, let's talk about that. What what are some of the things that that when people come to you for coaching and advice and all of that, what are some of the things that you tell them are some of the keys to making you know motion? Do they get that concept or how do you explain that to them? First, we start with I most people are trained through school, through society, through their parents, through whatever, to um, keep their money still. And they don't even realize it. So first we just cover that, right? As we want to break through keeping your money still to moving. It's about cash flow. You know, it's not about keeping your money uh, in some sort of vehicle. And so what I first, to answer your question, what I first try to teach them is, Let's, for me, if you want to be uh, successful, if you want to be wealthy, if you want to protect your money, you should st- study other people or other things that are. So, for example, I've, it's really interesting when you take a look at a bank, right? The biggest buildings in every city are banks and insurance companies, okay? And they are very, very wealthy because they do what? They move their money. And nobody, like, this is what I try to get to. Uh, help people that I'm coaching understand is when you put money in a bank, right? A bank is a business. Do you think they just keep it there? Cause I don't think we ask these questions, right? A lot of people just assume, yeah, I put, I put my money in the bank and then, you know, the bank has the money. The bank doesn't have your money. The bank does not keep your money. And so that begs the question, what did they do with it? They move the money. That's why they want your deposits. And in fact, 
if you actually look it up on a bank's balance sheet, most people would think, well, cash, like I give them their money, the cash, the deposits are an asset. Wrong. Banks put your cash as a liability and you, and that's because they have to pay it back to you. Your money is a liability to them. So what do they do with that liability is they loan it out as fast as they can in a million different ways. Uh, and, and I mean, we won't, we don't have to get really deep into this, but it's it just, just studying how banks utilize money is absolute crazy. Like how much they can take $1 and loan it out 90 different ways. And then when that money comes back from the loan, they, they loan out 90% of that again, and they go over and over and over again. In fact, like if you have a lot of money in the bank and you actually go to a bank to ask for that, they they most likely might not have it. Yeah, I mean, even if you want 25 or $35,000, they're gonna tell you, hey, we can have it for you tomorrow, or we can have it for you. You gotta go down to the main bank or the, you know. But something that you brought up, Logan, is, you know, I ask people all the time, when you make your mortgage payment, what does the bank do with that money? And they say, and they sometimes they say, invest it. Invest it? Now, why would they ever invest it? What they do is they loan it out again to somebody else, right? And we're not going to get, we don't really need to get into fractional reserve banking because, you know, we can't do that. But we can do all the other things that a bank does. We can take somebody else's money and we can loan it out to somebody else right? And, and we can also create velocity of money, which is getting that money to move faster and faster and faster. And, you know, here's, here's, here's just an example. And, um, and, and we might be able to put a, a link to a, um, a video for this, but in the show notes, but if, if you had a $300,000 mortgage, and let's just say 5%, okay? And I know 5% is high right now, but it's not overall in a normal market. But 5%, that would make your payment about $1,610 a month, which means if you made every one of those payments on that 30-year note, you'd pay in about $580 for that $300,000 house. So with closing costs and everything else, let's just call it six hundred dollars Okay, now, by the way, Logan, that means every time you make a payment for 30 years, 50% goes to the bank's benefit and 50% goes to your benefit, right? Now, let me ask you a question. If if I earn a dollar and I got to give you half of that dollar, do you think I care what the interest rate is? Nope. No. I just care that I got to give Logan half my money, right? Okay. So that payment, $1,610. And so people go, well, the bank makes um, 300 grand on that $300,000 loan. Well, hold on just a second, because the bank, the next step is putting it in motion again, right? And so if the bank loaned out every one of those payments only one more time for 30 years, so the first payment is loaned out again for another 30 years, and the last payment's only loaned out for one month, the same terms as the original loan, 5% 30-year amortization. They make over a million dollars on that $300,000 loan if they loan it out one more time. Yeah. So when we talk about how to buy real estate and then how to use um, somebody else's money to buy real estate or how to use equity in the, in, the, in the property to buy real estate or how to get the seller to finance or all of these different techniques, right? Um, we're trying to have to use our money. 
But then when we can put that money that's not ours in the motion and create more money for ourselves, well, now we're really creating velocity of money, meaning, and we're creating leverage, right? So movement, leverage, and, and maybe talk about leverage in real estate. Where do you, where do you see that being, you know, beneficial? Yeah, that's how you can. And it, you've talked about velocity of money a lot too, which I, in my opinion, you know, we talk a lot, of, most people talk a lot about compound interest. Velocity of money is a hundred times what compound interest is. You want to, every, every time you get money back, you want to think about how to get rid of that money in an investment and then how fast it can come back again. And that's what we're talking about when, you know, Jim's talking about driving the velocity, right? And banks are really good at that. We're not necessarily ripping on bank. Like we're, I'm saying be the bank, like model what the bank does. And, and think about if, if the bank is, is begging for you to give you their money, now it's a liability and they are loaning it out and it's coming back and they're loaning it out again and it's coming back. Like what there is, a, there is things, first of all, understand that concept, number one. And then number two, how can you on your own create that similar velocity? And in real estate, one of the reasons I love it is you can create a lot of that velocity because obviously you don't have to use all of your cash to be able to buy an apartment. You can use somebody else's money. You can use the seller's money, like, like doing a seller financing deal. You can use the bank's money. Um, and I'm happy to pay the bank, you know, in, in, in a lot of deals, whatever it is, like right now, three and a half percent, especially when you have inflation, that's a whole different topic. Um, but if you can make more than that, that leverage is allowing you to arbitrage your money and make significantly more. So instead of buying one apartment with 100% of your money, you can now buy five apartments with 20% of your money. So think about that. And as long as the returns beat that leverage, that 80% leverage, that three and a half percent. For example, if you're making 15%, there's a lot of arbitrage in between what you're paying and what is coming back in. So yeah, absolutely, it's huge. You know, I, I tell people like with infinite banking, I was just on the phone with a guy today and he has a, a really nice company up in Pennsylvania and he buys a lot of trucks. And, and I said, you know, when you look at like the equipment financing example in Nelson's book, the consumer looks at that and says, oh, this person is recapturing all the interest that they were going to pay the finance company or the lost opportunity cost that they paid cash, right? But in that example, he's financing the truck. But what they don't take into consideration, and Nelson never meant for this book to be the next step for this, is what is that truck making, Right. So it's the same way with real estate is, you know, you, you could look at it and say, okay, the insurance company is charging me four or 5% interest only to go buy that real estate and, or use it for the down payment. But it's, it, that's not even it. What you're looking at is how much money is that real estate going to make me, right? And then as the money comes back, can I loan it back out? Can I control the banking function? And when you do infinite banking, you can. I'm not saying that the bank's not going to give you money if you're a good customer and everything else. They probably are, but they're in control. They decide if you get the money, right? So the more money that you get, and for everybody out there that doesn't know, banks love cash value and whole life. They will give you 100% leverage on it. In fact, they'll give you a loan instead of the insurance company if you would rather get it from them. It's a, 
it's really, I think, cool that they'll that they'll do that. Um, all right, so we've talked about motion, we've talked about arbitrage. Um, uh, yeah, what do you? I, yeah. I do want to say this. I, I, I what you said about um, focusing on the cash flow, right? Like looking at the cash flow from the asset. When I help, when I coach people and I help try to change their mindset, I think that is one of the biggest things. Most people only think about the expense, yeah. right? They only think of the cost that the debt or you know the bank or whatever it might be costing them. And what they don't think about is, and and that is always a scarcity mindset. Anytime you're only thinking about expenses and you're not thinking about the income side, income should always be 90 to 95% of what you're thinking through. So if you have an expense, but that expense helps you be able to afford an asset that then brings in cash flow, that then brings in income, you can't look at the expense by itself. And that's and, that, and that's tough for people to change that mindset. It was tough for me. I wanted, I wanted no debt. That's what was pounded into me. And why did I want no debt is because I didn't want any expenses, but I never, but, but why don't I want any expenses? Because I wanted financial freedom. And I thought that by, but by lowering all my expenses, I could have financial freedom faster, but that is wrong. And that's what, that's what banks understand. They want your cash, which is a liability. They want these liabilities because it produces income. And I, I just really want to pound that home because with leverage and with arbitrage, with what we're talking about here is you have to bring in the income side of the equation. And, 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 and with real estate, if you can control it and, and you are confident in the returns that can significantly pay off the expenses and leave cash flow, that's what you, velocity is about the cash flow that you can bring in and to continue to send money in and out. So like last episode, we talked a lot about lack of control and letting your money sit. If you, the reason you want to move your money is because if you can bring in more income to not only cover those expenses, there's, there's a lot of money left over in between. And that's your money to continue to velocitize. So you, if you think about it, let's go back to, um, let's talk about, uh, Logan, that's, I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. And And it's funny because I think we say a lot of the same things to our uh, the people that we're coaching and we're helping and we're serving. And one of the things that we do get into is people have been sold the wrong goal, the wrong vision, and they've been sold the old definition of retirement, which is put your money in a government plan because they're going to let you take money out down the road um, and that you're going to be at a lower tax bracket when you retire than you are today, by the way, if anybody tells you that, fire them. I mean, why would that ever be the goal to have less money in retirement than than uh, than you do now? I mean, and so, but they tell you that that's what they sell you this noise and this vision in in the new definition of retirement is cash flow and passive revenue. And one of the reasons I don't say passive income is because it's not all taxable income is taxable right? But revenue, I have depreciation I can take from revenue. I have uh, I have other tax deductions I can take from revenue. I might only be tax capital gains. I mean, there's all kinds of things to avoid paying ordinary income. But my rate of cash flow, like really trying to figure out what my rate of cash flow is, is a key. Because um, we're going to talk about inflation in a few minutes, but 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 the rate of cash flow, I can always change. And when I when you buy a property, you're looking at 
enhancing the experience for those residents, but also that means what? Maybe increasing the rent, but giving them a better place to live, right? Yep. So when we think about where do you see people holding their money when you when you first meet them and they say, hey, I want to get into real estate um, and I don't I don't know what to do next. You know, where do they have their money when they say that? Two places, uh, savings account, because it's safe, even though it's not, uh, it's not safe. Like you're, I just, there is, it used to be, you could, you could spend money, you could save money and you can invest money. There is no such thing as saving money anymore. Saving is losing. So you can either lose money by spending it or keeping it still, or you can invest money. That's it. That's my, that's the tip of this whole episode. <laughs> like there's no, there's no third option. There's, there's no such thing as saving. If you understand inflation, you, if you keep your money still, you will, that money will lose. It's, it's not even debatable. So you have to, uh, as quick, don't get me wrong. You got to stack that money for a period of time for an investment, but while you're stacking, you're still, you're, you're losing. You, so you want to, as fast as possible, get it into the investment category, not the spending category. But I see it in two places, savings and a government plan, specifically like a 401k. And that's my, th- right. and that's my thing. I don't want to make this. I, I, like to, I like to consider myself simple because if you can't explain something in a simple way, then I don't think you understand it. So I tell most of my clients, let's just would you agree with me that with an investment, there would be three things that are really important. Number one, it would be you would control. You should, or you would, if it, whether you can control it or not control it, you would assume somebody would want control. I think everyone can agree with that. The second thing is, I hope you know this is true. You would want to understand. You would, you know, you worked hard for that money. When did it be okay for that hardworking money to like feel like I'm going to put it here? I don't understand it, but everybody tells me this is the if I throw it in this 401k or this government plan and it's really diversified, really diversified, which Mark Cuban's quote that diversification is for idiots. It's true. I'm not saying anyone's an idiot, but like I put money in a 401k too. Why? Because I didn't understand investments. I didn't understand any investments. So what because so I'm an idiot. So I might as well diversify it as much as possible so that hopefully I don't lose. Like so that, that's not understanding, that's throwing, so it's control, it's understanding. And then the biggest ones I share with people, and I like to call it speed, but we've already talked about it. This is velocity of money, because this isn't about putting money away for when you're 59 and a half years old, 60 years old, 65 years old. This isn't about, like, I don't think any investment, Jim, should tell the individual when they can retire. I get a little heated about this because there's a lot of people that just, we don't teach this. Think about it. It's your money that you are giving to this investment. And you're telling me that investment is not, is going to have the control to tell you when you can retire. That's the problem, right? Like your social security, it tells you when you can access it. Your 401k, you cannot touch your own money without significant penalties until 59 and a half. Just think about that a second. It's your money. Why would any sort of investment have that kind of control, those kind of handcuffs over you as an individual? So, I mean, when you really think about it, just throw out the rest of the shit. I mean, there's 15 other, we could talk about taxes, we can talk about inflation, we can talk about all these different things. But at the end of the day, control, understanding, and, and having the velocity, the speed of which you can get your money back is everything. 
It shouldn't be about stacking and holding money until you're 60 years old and then you maybe can access it and maybe it'll, there'll be enough there. To your point, the new retirement is cash flow today. It's money right now that you can control that will slowly continue to grow. And if you don't need it right now, that's fine. That's what Velocity is about. You take that money if you don't need it for retirement and you put it back into another investment and you keep growing these investments that are cash flowing today that are creating speed so that you don't have to hold I mean, I ask a lot of clients, like, how much do you, how much do you want in your 401k by the time you retire? They have no clue. They yeah. have no, they, they, was, the, my financial advisor said, um, we, we should be able to take 4%. That's the golden rule, 4% about it. Really? So did your financial advisor, when they told you that 10 years ago, understand that inflation was going to be at 7% or at really, if you do any sort of research, it's really at 15 to 20 right now. Is four yeah. percent going to actually provide the kind of living that you want? It's like, well, it just depends because he said there's going to be a couple downturns. We just got to ride that out, and we're diversified, so like it'll go down. But if I don't touch it and I just keep it still, it'll recover. Like that's what's happened. And I'm like, when did it, like when did it be okay that your financial advisor tells you that hey, I'm sorry, I can't control it. Your investments are going to go down twenty to thirty percent a few different times. Like I know that could happen and things change, but we're they're literally planning on your investment <laughs> dropping and then riding that out. I don't want to ride out a down. I don't want that that's why you can't have your money locked up. If it's not for inflation, it's for the control of like if something happens like covid, um you can adjust. You can adjust so you don't have to ride that out. So that you don't have to ride out like oh man, like okay, you know, you know, uh, eviction moratorium, we can't do anything like, okay, we're just like, no, you can do things with your investments if you have control over them, which is a really, which is a really big deal. So, um, I get a little passionate about that a whole, I love it where people put their money because it's just, it, I, I was convinced that was the only way to put it too. You know, what's funny is, you know, I was a financial advisor for 15 years growing up very poor. I didn't know anything about money. So I learned, I learned what they wanted to teach me, which was the noise, which was how to keep people in the herd, right? Which is why I'm so passionate about breaking people out of the herd, because I was taught to put people in the herd. And um, <clears throat> one of the things that, you know, if you ever went to a financial planner and said, I need to see my CAGR, my compound annual growth rate, net, net of fees, expenses, taxes, inflation, everything, right? You know what? You would lose money every single time. I don't care how great you think your return is, but you can't even get them to give you the actual rate of return, the compound annual growth rate. They give you the average rate of return, right? Your, your account, they never put on a statement, your account was here when you started with us four years ago, and now it's here. Because if they did, they know you can do the math. And you'd go, wait a minute, you said I'm averaging 9% on my account, which I think is great, but um, that's, a, that's not what my account growth looks like. Okay, but, but the other thing that you mentioned is, you know, I have to wait till after I'm 59 and a half. Now, to me, that's not that big of a deal. To you, that's a long time. And, uh, but let's say that I said, well, you know, you know what? I'm only a few years from that, no big deal. 
but here's the thing I can't control and they won't tell to tell us. What are they going to tax me at? Mm -hmm. What's the tax rate going to be? I mean, Logan, would you ever put money in a real estate deal if you didn't know the tax consequences? Absolutely not. And you so mentioned why? And why would people do this for 40 years? Yeah. Well, because they, they don't know any better. It's tax free when you put it in. It's ta who, you know what I mean? Like, you know, by the time they figure out that they're 60 and they got to pay taxes when it comes out. I mean, the financial advisor is literally telling them it's tax free when it's coming out. And, and, and this is why it's such a good plan. But what they're also telling them that is, you know, put your money with me because by the time you retire, you're going to be making less than you were when you first started putting your money with me, which you you just yeah. mentioned. Jim. I think that's just one of the, besides writing out the downturns, the fact that we are telling people when they retire, they're going to be making less money than what they were during their working years when they had 40, 50 years of, of experience. That's where you should be making more. Your investment should be making more. You're worth more. What about, what about um, the, the value of the dollar? You know, yeah. I mean, think about that. So, I, I mean, just a dollar from 2020, okay, before we started printing money like crazy people, okay, Bef um, and before record inflation, a dollar that you had in 2020 is worth 30 cents less today. So you've, you know, audience, you've been taxed without representation, by the way, because you didn't get to decide whether they print that money. You didn't, you're, you, you didn't get any say, you didn't get any vote in that. Okay, so you've been taxed 30%, okay, in the last two years. Now think about this. You're going to put a dollar, you're going to put one of those $2020 in for till 2060, Okay, you're 22 years old or you're just starting out and you're going to wait till you're 65 years old or whatever, right? How much is that going to be worth? Like nothing if it's even here. So, but I could take good dollars and I could buy assets. And Logan, what happens to the value of your real estate when, when inflation happens? It goes up. It goes up. What do you do with rents when inflation happens? It goes up. So you're riding the inflation wave, not fighting against it. And it's a tsunami. It's, it's exactly right. Because it's going to cost people more dollars to buy my same assets. And I'll tell you what, there's a third one. It's not just the price of assets, not just the cash flow. Guess what's happening to my debt? Uh, my, when I close on my next property, uh, March 4th, um, uh, I'll have $100 million of debt personally in yeah. real estate. It's called debt debasement. If inflation's at 10%, right, and I have $100 million worth of debt, it's going to be in one year, it's going to be $90 million of debt. It'll it'll be 10% less, right? Debt debasement's happening as well, too. So that's yeah. like, and uh, inflation's, you know, I, I hate to say this, but it's true. Inflation is a, is a tax on the poor and it, quite honestly, a lot of the middle class and it's kicking their ass. Because this is all we teach. We don't teach people to get investments. We don't so, teach people to control their, their assets. So then as that's happening, right, to your debt, then there's also monetary debasement, right? Yeah. And, and so, like, if I, hand you, if I hand you a piece of paper and say, hey, Logan, this is a million-dollar bill, right, then um, I would go to jail for counterfeiting, right? But the government can hand you – a, a dollar bill and then make it worth less the next day and it's legal. But, but here's something that um, I want you to think about um, when we're talking about this flow of money and control and everything else.
and maybe we'll wrap it up this way because I just want to get your thoughts and comments about this, is um, most people in the audience are trading time for money, right? So that means that their money is their life because our lives on earth are, are measured in time, okay? So when the government practice, practices monetary debasement, they're stealing your time, stealing your money, st uh, I'm sorry, stealing your money, which is stealing your time, which is stealing your life, which is the very definition of slavery. So if you're trading time for money, you are a slave. There's no other way about it. I mean, what, what do you, what, any comments on that? Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. And so I think it's a good perspective for people to take a, to look at. Cause I, I don't think, I, I do think myself included when, when I worked at my W2 is you don't think about your time as the most important thing, right? You think about money as the most important thing and you put it, you put it in a great way. If your money's being stolen from you, but you need to work for money. I mean, you're literally stealing people's lives. So I would tell you for the people that are watching this, what, you know, what all Jim and I are trying to share is, you know, not everybody is in a place where they can't, they have to, you might have to continue to trade your time for money. So this whole episode is about, you know, do that, work your off to trade your time for money, but just don't forget that once you get that money, you, this is why we're imploring you to put it into the right vehicles that give you your time back, which gives you your life back, right? The things that you can control, right? The, th the Do what the banks do is create that velocity of money so that one day you don't have to continue to trade your time or give your time uh, away or let your time being stolen. You can control more of it because I think that's a big part of today's episode is, um, you know, everything is about how do you, how do you make sure that your money is moving and that you make sure that you can control your your money. And, and it goes really back to time. I mean, I love that analogy, Jim. You know, we'll wrap up this episode, Logan, with a question to the audience is, if you knew everything that Logan knows about investing in real estate, would there be anything that would stop you from doing what Logan has done with real estate? And the answer is no. But you don't have the confidence if you haven't done it before. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about the solutions. Okay. We, we talked a lot about the problem today. Okay. And I know you got to wait another week for the solution, but the solution is worth the wait. Okay. And, and you don't have to do it alone. So um, Logan, thank you very much for, for being on. I'm, I'm hope that everybody in the audience is getting something from this. And this is a reminder that in the um, create tailwind community, and you'd go to uh, community.createtailwind.com to join the community. Um, April is going to be the month that Logan is going to uh, have a course on the community and is going to be live on Thursdays or some of the Thursdays at least doing live Q&A. So if you want to ask Logan any question about real estate, about money, about success, how to build uh, the new retirement, which is letting your assets provide your income, right? At whatever age you are, whether you're young or old, does not matter. Just be looking for that in April. And and uh, I'm really excited that we have that coming out in April. April is going to be a big month for you, Logan, because you're getting ready for a great workshop in May. Remind everybody of those dates. Uh, May 21st and 22nd in Appleton, Wisconsin. It's going to be a ton of fun. The venue's right on the water. 
Um, it'll be warmer by then. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a full day where we cover everything. We cover financial freedom. Uh, we cover all things real estate. We talk about scaling business scale and, and scaling your real estate. I mean, I, I have 1500 units now, but I took me three years to buy seven units and I had just started in 2013. So, uh, we share everything. We cover a ton. Um, so, and then it's, it's very, it's not, uh, it's not just, talk like we actually like dig into the nitty gritty and like give you materials of how to put things together because i'm a big actionable guy um so a lot there and uh if you want to come i hope to see you there you know um one of our guys from create tailwind um went to your last workshop and after an hour he texted either his wife or one of the other guys on our team and he said he already got his money's worth in an hour i think it was even maybe less than an hour but so everybody in the audience, um, I'm going to be there. Uh, I know part of our team is going to be there. Harper Jones is going to be there. So we're looking forward to it. All right. Until next time. Uh, thank you, Logan. And thank you, audience. We're going to leave this episode like we leave every episode with the timeless words of Earl Nightingale. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.